Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to speak English like a native. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You will speak English fluently. You speak powerfully. You speak English confidently. You speak effortlessly. And uh, we are doing our live uh, chat with VIP members. It will be not tomorrow, but one week from this weekend. So next weekend, not this weekend coming but the next one, I'll send an email invitation with all the details to VIP members. So probably on Monday or Tuesday, I'll send that email. If you are a, you are a VIP member, then watch your email Monday and Tuesday because you'll have a link, an invitation to join this this chat. It'll be nice. It'll be fun. It's a lot of fun. If you're not a VIP member yet, you should join before. Monday, <laughs> if you want to join our live chat. And you join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Right, let me adjust my camera a bit. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Okay, how's that? A little bit low. All right, good enough. Our topic today, death to the schools, Ah, figuratively, destroy limiting beliefs and be happy. Death to the schools, destroy limiting beliefs and be happy. We'll start with destroy limiting beliefs and be happy. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's conversation. I realize some people don't get it for some, uh, just watching the comments yesterday that some, you know, this is why maybe I'll do, maybe do some casual chats on Twitch as well. But, um, you know, yesterday, there were a couple points from my chat yesterday with Kenny and one of the big ones, I think the main one, the main idea I w- wanted to get across yesterday that I want you to understand is that, you know, we, we have a lot of propaganda coming at us, a lot of training in propaganda and uh, just culture that is, you know, causing a lot of people not to have children at all. And you, know, you can see this in the birth rates in different countries around the world. And uh, I think we need to go against that, right? Because uh, we have to look at these beliefs we have about children. If you already have children, no, no problem. But a lot of people out there, um, including me, you know, when I was, let's say, 20, I had a lot of ideas about children. Number one, that they, you know, they would be uh, impossibly difficult to deal with, you know, would take away all of my freedom, that uh, I would be a bad father. Maybe at that age, I, w- I would have been a bad father. 
that I would be much less happy with children. So I had these very strong beliefs about kids when I was, um, like just let's just say, in my 20s. Maybe those, some of those beliefs, maybe some of those ideas were true at that time. Probably. Like, I probably, I don't know. It's hard, for, it's hard to say. Because this is what Kenny and I were talking about yesterday, that you don't really know until you do it. <laughs> okay? You might have in your mind, you might think, oh, maybe I'm not going to be a good dad, or I won't be a good mom. But then when the, your baby actually comes your baby actually arrives, uh, you change. And you might find that, in fact, it's it's amazing and wonderful and you actually are a very good father or mother. So, it's hard to know. That's one point, right? You may think you have some of these beliefs, but it's just one of these things that you have to experience. And it's a, it's a natural part of life, guys. We have to continue our human species. We have to continue humanity, you know. Having children is an important part of life, an important life stage. It's it's a, obviously one of the most natural things that that all humans do, or almost all humans. And thank God, because otherwise, you know, you would not be alive. I would not be alive. We would have no uh, humanity, no civilization, if our ancestors avoided child having children. So. Uh, you know, we do have a bit of a duty, I think, even to, to have children. But anyway, here's the point. I'm talking about limiting beliefs. I had those beliefs, maybe some of those beliefs about children, the negative beliefs, limiting, meaning they limited me, right? They, they prevented me, they stopped me from uh, having kids. Now, I, at that time, I was, you know, I, I had no possibility of having a good marriage at that time also, at, at that age. So... Yeah, maybe those beliefs were true. But here's the problem. (laughs) Here's the problem with limiting beliefs, why they're so dangerous. Because what happens is many times in life, many, many, many times in life, you will see this with a lot of people. It's so sad and it's, you know, it's easy for us to do. All of us do it. That at one time in your life, something is true, right? And then you, you, you have beliefs about something. So in this example, right? Let's say I'm 21 years old and I decide, I believe, uh, I I would not be a good father, I have no chance of having a good marriage, uh, I would have no freedom, I'll be unhappy if I have kids. Maybe some of those things were true at age 20, but the problem is (laughs) with these kind of beliefs is they can get stuck. They get stuck. So they kind of got deep. They became quite strong beliefs in my mind, right? Because I repeated them again and again in my mind because people started asking me, especially as I, you know, I was 24, 25, 26, 27. And those ideas, those beliefs got stronger in my brain, right? They became quite strong beliefs. Here's the problem. Let's say 15 years later, 17 years later, I'm 38 years old, 37 years old. And I still had the same beliefs, but they were no longer true. None of those beliefs were true anymore, but I was still holding on to them. They were still, you know, quite strong beliefs in my mind. And I didn't, I, I didn't even think about them. I didn't question them anymore because I had had those beliefs for so long. Oh, I would not be a good father. I won't enjoy being a father. Uh, kids are gonna are no fun. They would be terrible to have kids. And these things get stuck in my brain. But 
at that time, when I was, say, late 30s, actually, everything in my life had changed. I had gotten married. My wife is fantastic. Um, in fact, I think I would, even at that time, I would have been a good father. I think I would have enjoyed it. I had started a business already. I was financially free. I had traveled the world a lot, as much, you know, done all most of the things I wanted to do. But I held on to those negative beliefs for another 10 years. It took me 10 more years to change my mind. This is the danger, the danger of these kinds of beliefs. When we have beliefs about something, people have this with English, just to use a simple example, where maybe back in high school, let's say, in school, middle school, they are not good in English class. They they hate English class, they get bad grades. So they get a belief, a limiting belief, a negative belief that I'm bad at English. I'm bad at English. Right? And maybe at that point it is true, they're not they're not good English speakers, but they think that English is super difficult. I'm bad at English. I, I can't learn English. They get these limiting beliefs. Then they graduate from school, their life changes, and they have the opportunity to learn English independently using effortless English or some natural way. But they never change the belief. They never try again. They never try another method because that that negative belief, the limiting belief just gets stuck in their head for the rest of their life. Right? There are people like this more generally. You'll see people like this who have a, a bad time in school. Right? They just, uh, they don't do well in school for whatever reason. And they get the idea, I'm stupid, I'm not very smart, I can't learn very well, I have a learning disability, something like that. And then this belief gets very, very strong. They leave school, they graduate from school, uh, their life changes, they get out in the real world, they actually do start learning things, they learn a career, they learn things. So, in fact, they're not stupid, in fact, they can learn. And But... They, they, but they keep that old belief anyway, and that old belief stops them from doing new things. That old belief stops them from going out and starting to learn a lot of new things, and the old belief stops them from realizing that their life has changed completely, that they are different than they used to be, or that their situation is different. So this is a big, 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 big danger of that, and that's... You know, I hope that from yesterday's conversation, at least, that any of you who may have some negative ideas about having kids, I hope that it will encourage you to question those beliefs. You must always question beliefs like this. When you have these negative beliefs about things, about your limits, about your limitations, um, don't hold on to them forever. Okay, even if they're true now, you know, every year you should look at them again and question them and say, is this still true? Is this really still true? Is this, or even maybe it never was true. Is this really true? Am I really stupid? Am I really bad at English? Would I really be a bad father? Would I really hate it? Right? You got to. You got to question, 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 and try to weaken those beliefs because usually they're wrong. Usually they're wrong. At least they're not correct long term. So be very, 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 very careful about those kinds of limiting beliefs. And uh, a lot of these beliefs get fed to us from school, right? We get them from school, we get them from the media, or we just get them from failures in life or tough situations. 
but be very careful. It's just good to, to always, you know, every year at least to look at what are your big limiting beliefs, big negative beliefs about yourself or about your life and question them and attack them and try to weaken them and get rid of them. Replace those beliefs with something more positive. Alrighty, here we go. Let's get on to our next topic, death to the schools. This is just a blog post. I'm going to read another blog post from Vox a day because uh, he had a good one. And for those of you, by the way, I don't know, some of you guys from Russia, when I read the Vox a day post about the Tolstoy um, fairy tales, you know, it's just a joke, guys. Just laughing. Just joking about a stereotype. Of course, I know all Russian people are like that, just like all Americans are not you know, super exaggerated in their enthusiasm. But it's just a stereotype. It's a little, it's just funny. Don't be serious about it. i quite fond of Russia from what I know of it. Okay, here we go. See if you can see it. So this is voxday.blogspot.com. And a very nice blog, by the way, that I recommend. Voxday, V-O-X-D-A-Y. .blogspot.com Alright, and the title of his blog post from today is uh, The Plandemic and the Public Schools Okay, here it is Given that technology and homeschooling have already rendered public schools totally obsolete from an actual education standpoint one can't help but wonder if one of the side benefits of pushing the lockdown in response to Coronachan is the killing of the public schools once and for all. I'm not going to read the rest. You can read the rest. Then he's got a quote from a, a, an article, uh, someone else's blog, I think. But uh, he's basically pointing out something very, 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 very positive about you know, all the nonsense now that it's over, uh, that there are actually some great, you know, this is one of the perhaps incredible benefits of what just happened. So let me go through this because his writing style is a bit, uh, maybe a little difficult for you. So he says, basically he says first that already before all this happened, technology and homeschooling already have made public schools unnecessary. That's what the first uh, phrase means. The first clause, I guess, you know, before the comma. So he's saying that even before all this happened, that basically that schools, public schools, um, are obsolete. There's a nice vocab word. Obsolete means um, like old and unnecessary, right? Like a computer, like a computer from, let's say, a, a PC from 1985 is obsolete. You can't even use it anymore, right? It's completely useless. It's old and useless. It, it can't be used anymore. Um, and so he's saying that public schools are now obsolete. And they already, they really have been for a while, right? They're, they're old and useless. They're, it's an old, useless idea. They're completely useless, completely unnecessary now, public schools. And why? Technology plus homeschooling, that's why. That because of technology, right? Meaning, you know, the, our phones, the internet, and computers, uh, and even just the mail, honestly, um, plus homeschooling, our 
when you combine those two, if you use those two, well, uh, much, 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 much better than public schools. So public schools are useless already. But he's saying that uh, one of the great unexpected benefits of the lockdown, right, where keeping everybody in their home and closing all the schools, that a lot of people focused on the bad part about that. You know, people are bored and losing, you know, businesses are closed. Those things are, were bad. But one of the good things is that Corona-chan, <laughs> he calls it Corona-chan, uh, is killing the public schools. Corona, the Corona thing is killing the public schools once and for all, meaning finally, finally. And then in this article that he, he links to, it talks about how uh, lots and lots and lots of parents, this is, this is talking about the United States, but lots and lots and lots of parents in the United States are now looking to do some kind of homeschooling, that they're realizing they got to see what their kids are actually learning in school, and they realize that it's garbage, a lot of it. Uh, and, you know, it says, of course, there are some good teachers, but there are also a whole lot of bad teachers and a whole lot of nonsense. And that, uh, that there's a very good chance that uh, a lot of parents are going to be pulling their kids out of the public schools and doing other things like homeschooling or sometimes maybe private schools or tutors or whatever, a variety of choices, but basically they'll leave. And what happens is the way the public schools work in America is that each school gets paid some money from the government per student. So if they have a thousand students, they get a certain amount of money. But if they only have 900 students, they get less money. So, what this means is that if, let's say, there's a school, it has 1,000 students, and 100 leave to, to homeschool, that school will now lose, you know, maybe 10% of their money from the government. So, they're going to have to fire teachers, they're going to have to fire staff, and what if it's 20%, what if it's 30%, right? So, this is uh, significant. Now, do I personally think the public schools will disappear? No, but um, but it is possible that uh, this is hopeful, I would say. And then he says um, this, he says, then he mentions that, you know, the economic crisis we have because of this was going to happen anyway, that already the economic system was completely um, corrupt and ready to fall apart. So, you know, this made it happen now, but it was going to happen anyway. So he's saying, maybe it's good, it just, it happened now. And so that part is hard, but it was going, the bad part was going to happen anyway, right? The economic drop. But at least with this, we're also getting some good things happening. And the two he mentions are the main one is the, you know, helping to weaken or even, you know, destroy some of the public schools. And also that Hollywood and the media have also been hit hard by this. And he mentions that, you know, these are the two. He, I, I agree with him. This, this is why I think this article, I liked it. He says, this is helping to kill the two engines of evil propaganda in the USA. The two primary means the two main uh, engines, means of evil propaganda. So, schools and media are the two biggest, you know, evil forces of propaganda in America, in the world, I would say. And that 
this uh, situation is helping to weaken both of those. So good news. It's good. Good things happen. So we got to let's always look on the bright side of life. Life of Brian. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get the comments now. All right. Here we go. Vladislav, okay, uh, so go, Vladislav, going back to uh, when I was talking about um, kids and everything. First, we have to fight the right woman for men. It takes a really long time nowadays. It can, and yes, you're right. But that's, that's one of the big things that changed in my life, though. The problem is if you, let's say, you don't have that and then you keep the bad, you do find the right person and you get married and then you keep your old bad ideas, limiting ideas still, even though your life is very different, that's a problem. Yeah, I agree with Leonardo. He says, the point is, sometimes we shouldn't think too much about doing things. Just follow through. Take action. I agree. I agree. Sometimes we just, we analyze too much and we worry and we try to think of every small problem that might happen instead of doing. I see this all the time with people who want to start a business. It makes me crazy, actually. People asking me, what should I do to start a business? And I say, just start one. Yeah, but what about this? What about that? And they just think about every possible problem. Uh, and they never do it. They never, ever do it. Right? And I think having kids is kind of like that. <laughs> just leap, you know, take the jump. Vladislav uh, says, uh, an example of a man in 40s who regrets he became a father as early as 23. Yeah, but here's the thing. That guy, I don't know what he's like, but he, if he'd done it later, he still might have regretted it, you know? Here's the thing. Unhappy people, they're going to always be unhappy. It doesn't matter, right? It's kind of like money. People think that, you know, if someone's unhappy and they're kind of a miserable person and you give them a lot of money, they will still be miserable. In fact, they'll probably be more unhappy and more miserable. And I think that could be the case with uh, children as well that someone's unhappy and then they have kids, eh, they're probably going to be more unhappy because um, it, it, it's not like a, a magic thing. It, it tends to multiply, you know, increases your situ- who you are and your situation. Vladislav says, the girl I dated a few months ago, I told her I wanted kids. She said it was strange. Ooh, run away from that one. Run away. She asked many questions about kids, how to deal with them in certain situations. I didn't even know. I was confused. Vladislav, my advice? I hope... It sounds like maybe she's an ex. I told this to my ex-girlfriend. Good. That was a good choice, that she's an ex. <laughs> Leonardo says, you'll never be ready to have kids. How to deal with them in certain situations. You'll learn that in the meanwhile. Exactly. You learn by doing. It's exactly the same as running a business, guys. It's exactly the same as starting a business. It's the same thing. Because people say, what about this? Oh, I need a, a I need a thousand page business plan. And what? how do I know how to, what price to charge? How do I know? You just jump in. You learn as you do it. You learn from doing. Will you make mistakes? Of course you make mistakes. But you learn by doing. Exactly. Leonardo, exactly. Yeah, Vladislav, you made the right choice there. You made the right... It looks like she's an ex-girlfriend. Good choice. <laughs> you did the right thing. 
Yeah, like Lisa says, having a child is a lifelong task, not easy, but very beautiful. Right. Exactly. Look, all our ancestors, humans have been having kids for what? It depends on what scientist or who you talk to, but what, hundreds of thousands of years, millions, you know, every species, every animal species has children of some kind. Guys, there's, so it's, it's the most natural thing in the world. topic of having kids is very cultural too Ilana Khan says in my country religious people have as many kids as God gives them non-religious people have an average of three kids an average of three is good I mean most countries now it's less than two it's which is causing these you know these countries to go down their populations dropping um, but you're right this is true worldwide you will see this in every country that um, and it's not just Catholics <laughs> um, that the most religious families have the most kids and it, it's it's each religion it's every religion too doesn't it's not just christian not just muslim not just sanatana dharma um so it should tell you something right the ones that have the most faith have the most kids well and you can see what this is going to mean long term don't you that the people with faith the ones who are, have uh, who are religious they're going to win right if you look at it, if you look at the situation and you imagine it going forward, uh, you know, 100 years, 200 years, they're going to have many, 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 many more children. And of course, not all, but they'll, in general, they'll be teaching their kids to be uh, religious too. And then the non-religious are having fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer kids, maybe no, none. They're going to be replaced. It's almost like God's plan or something. <laughs> so it's like dharma it's just natural dharma like it just sort of it balances and corrects itself naturally it's quite interesting all right now moving on to school slavika says the schools exist because of children not because of the state i am for the right for every parent to choose which school to send their kids state or homeschool there you go exactly force is the problem Right. Hey, Elena. Not good. Elena Pali says, uh, I have a three-year-old daughter. In a week, I'm giving birth again. Congratulations. Very nice. Uh, what's interesting is I feel like I'm not ready enough, but now I'll feel this until I see the baby in my arms. Right. It's always, you know, these big things, like you can never really be ready mentally until it happens and then you deal with it and then you find out that everything's fine right but this is this is one of the problems of like leonardo said of overthinking things of analyzing too much because what do you do when people do that what do they do usually what we really mean when we say overthinking is people they focus on the negative things they focus on the fears the worries fears and worries it's just worrying is all it is worry 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 focus on all the possible problems when people are thinking ahead that you know they're not usually focusing on all the positive wonderful possibilities you know things that might happen right it's it's almost always just the the, the fears bd nice to see you welcome also kate Tio, nice to see you. And Ravindar as well. All right, I'm going to open up comments to everybody now. 
So there we go. Finally, we can see how many people are watching. Okay, it's bigger than I thought. Good. Anise says, um, another thing, Mr. AJ, Modern World's trying to make our sperm less by using pesticides and chemicals in our food. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons that fertility is going down. I think most of them are psychological and spiritual. I know, I, I mean, yes, I know what you're talking about, but cultural, spiritual, it's, it's, I think that's the main reason that the uh, people are choosing to have far, far, far fewer kids or none at all because they're hopeless. They have low morale. They have no hope for the future. And that's caused by media and schools and other things. That, that I believe, is the main thing. And then there are some physical health issues as well. You're correct about that. Those can be corrected, though, I think. I think those are less of a problem, especially for young people. See, part of the problem is if you wait too long, <clears throat> like I did, um, then the physical issues can become more uh, difficult. Right. Uh, I think most 20-year-olds have no problem, or 22-year-olds or 25-year-olds have no problem uh, getting pregnant. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, anyway, look into the... Uh, the, the population uh, statistics. I think it's in the United States. Uh, it's the same issue where very religious families have the most children by far, uh, like the Amish, <laughs> but others as well. Uh, so again, and then the, you know, like a lot of the, like the transgender craziness, those people aren't having kids. So they're going to disappear. You know, they're going to be, uh, it's just a matter of time before uh, one population becomes really big and the other one just continues to shrink and get smaller. It's, you know, it takes generations, but this is, these are the long-term trends, which I, which are all very positive, actually. Medgozi says, when I used to be in school, I was bullied a lot every year. They came up with some terrible stuff. This happens to a lot of people. I reached a level where half my time was spent at the director's office because uh, I started to bully them back. Yeah, it's a, it's a prison for children. It's a prison for children. It's prison rules. What does that mean? It's a prison culture in schools. It means the strong uh, bully the weak. The strong bully the weak. Strong meaning either physically strong, especially boys, but it could also just be like socially dominant, right? But either way, they bully the weak and the schools do nothing about it. They have some slogans, you know, don't bully. But uh, it's it's just a nasty place. It's Lord of the Flies. If you guys have ever, we should do the book Lord of the Flies for our, oh, we might do that for book club. For our, maybe our next fiction book, we'll do Lord of the Flies. Because that is a, of course it's fiction, but. It really shows what happens when you put a bunch of kids of the same exact age together with no real leadership. They become monsters. Oh, i got a hungry baby in the next room. Wow. So anyway, Matt, I'm sorry about that. It's a very common thing that happens to people in 
affect kids in schools at all ages too. It starts very, very young at the youngest ages of school. It starts and it goes all the way until, uh, you know, the end of high school. And there's some poor children who, you know, they're different or they have, you know, maybe they're more sensitive or weak or whatever it is. Uh, so their entire childhood is miserable because they're in this school from kindergarten until they graduate high school. They're bullied and harassed constantly. I mean, that, that shit is illegal for adults. You can't do that. You know, and, and, as an adult, if someone was doing that to you, you go to your boss and they'll fire the other person. Or you uh, go to the police and they actually, at least in America, you know, you can, uh, they can be arrested for harassment. But in the schools, it's all allowed. That same behavior that is illegal for adults to do is just kind of like, ah, they just let it happen. And so, you know, this you know, that's why the, the highest, some of the highest suicide rates are children, young, you know, adolescents especially. Because their lives are hell. Shabmadi says, in my community, you see some people who have five or six kids at the same time, uh, with them at the same time. If you ask why, they say more kids gives them more happiness. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, great. Leonardo says, unfortunately, fear is a feeling that creates a wall in front of you. So far, I've reached some goals thanks to the decision to overcome the fear of failure. Yes, well said. That's right. Cleefy, hey Cleefy, uh, says limiting beliefs paralyze us from taking actions. This is the main problem, yes. It's better just to take actions, even if it's a mistaken action. At least then you, you did something, you'll get some result, and you can learn from it. But if you just sit around worrying all the time, you never learn anything. And you become more fearful. The key to destroying them, the key to destroying limiting beliefs, is by reading and frequenting role models like you. Yeah, these two things do help, right? Because you can see others who are doing something that, like if you, right, let's say the the business idea again. If you think, oh, I don't know, I'm afraid, oh, I can't, oh, I can't do it. But then you, you watch a bunch of uh, YouTube videos from entrepreneurs and you listen to podcasts from people who are doing their own business and you meet other people and you read about it and then you start to realize, well, a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people have done this. So yeah, maybe I can do it. That's good advice, right? Seeking out those kind of role models. I think that's good. Randy says, do you feel like schools have become indoctrination centers controlled by the Democratic Party? Am I off base on your opinion? Oh, it's worse than that. <laughs> so this is, an, we're talking about America. Uh, it's far worse than just the Democratic Party. It's Marxist insanity. It's full on Brave New World. It's full Brave New World. The, which we did as a book club. American schools, they're teaching, you know, the, the transgender mental illness is something that's, uh, that is normal and even pos and positive. Uh, just to give one crazy example, 
they it's it's just it's just lies and propaganda 100 percent. it's brave new world it's animal farm that's what schools are in america you I, in my opinion you are insane to send your child to a public school in the united states insane to do it they will turn your their first of all they'll turn your child against you eventually there's a very good chance by the time they are a teenager that they will uh, completely reject your values, your family's values, loyalty to you, loyalty to your family. Instead, they'll be loyal to what? The, the Marxist propaganda they have learned and their other friends of the same age. And it's very, very, very common, right? This situation. So it's it's far worse than just Democratic Party. <laughs> I wish it was only that. <laughs> Unless you, by that you mean the, the, the most left-wing insane part of the Democratic Party. Okay, Klosa says, hi, how are you? I'm from Brazil. Hello, Brazil. Uh, Muhammad says, um, here the economy is so bad, people can't even buy bread, some people, uh, and simple things that are solved in other countries. Uh, how do you expect people to have babies in this situation? And yet, if you look at the statistics, you will see that it is very, very frequently the poorest countries where people have the most babies. Also, if you look at history, you will see that during... Uh, <laughs> we live in the easiest time ever ever in human history in terms of material things right we have other problems but in terms of that so you know during the black plague in europe people still had babies during the american civil war americans were still having babies during world war ii everybody fighting world war ii they were still having babies so you know hard times is no excuse that's my opinion now. And yeah, my opinion has changed, obviously. And he says, I think the LBGBQ is another game of Brave New World. Oh, absolutely it is. And it's they're not done. It leads to Brave New World. What do they do in Brave New World? Sex with children. Right? Remember? That's what that's about. That's where they're going. Very clearly, that's what they're doing. So yes, it's Brave New World, 100%. That's why they're pushing it. That's where they're going. That's what they want to do. And they're very close to doing it. <laughs> this is interesting. Vladimir says, The Russian song Vla Vladimirsky Central by Mikhail Krug was about a prison in Russia, in the Russian city of Vladimir. They remade it into a kid's song about kindergarten called Vladimirsky Detsad. <laughs> nice. Great. Hadid sa Hadid says, uh, perhaps the most beautiful moment in someone's life is when he becomes a father. However, it's the most serious moment as well. He must be ready to take responsibility towards the new member. Yeah, and in many ways, I think it's when you finally become an adult, really. Right? Until then, it's like you're always still somewhat of a, a kid until you've taken that responsibility as a man. I think that's true. And as a woman, too. 
then you're, you're still kind of a girl. It doesn't matter what your age is. I think that uh, there's a lot to be said. I agree, Hadi. Hello from Ladakh, India. Kunzang Dolma. That's a very nice place, Ladakh, India. Hello to you. So Ladakh, India is, uh, you know, it's kind of its own unique. It's up in the Himalayas. Uh, beautiful place. I went there on my first trip to India. Gorgeous. It's, it's much more, you know, like geographically, like uh, even somewhat culturally, you know, it's, it reminds me of Tibet more. Tibetan type of culture. I know it's not the same, but um, it's, it's gorgeous. Really, really high, 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 high mountains. BD says schools are destroying the family too. Yes, they do. I yes, they are. The schools are one of the main things that kills families. Schools and media. Schools and media. Schools and media. There's a professor in Boston University that said homeschooling is bad because the family takes authority, so they don't like it. Oh, of course they they are terrified of it. They hate it. They want your children. They desperately. They meaning the Marxists. The whatever you want to call them, the government, all these people, they want your children so they can put their little crappy, horrible ideas into your kids at a young age, right? They desperately want to control your children and they desperately want to take them away from parents. Yep. Of course they hate it. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to jump down here. Do I like hiking? Well, and now for some <laughs> big, uh, change of topic, I love hiking. I do. Yes, probably my favorite outdoor activity. Yes, I love it. Oh, well, this is good. Okay, Elena, um, when if Gab ever comes back, uh, you can message me about this person. I'll see. I'll try to remember. Interv- Elena says, uh, can you interview... Angela Braniff, she's homeschooling her eight kids, a wonderful woman. All right, I'm just going to search for her because I don't want to forget this. Angela Braniff Holmes. I would love to I would love to interview her. Yes, that sounds great. Looks like she's got a YouTube channel. Yep, I'm a mom with the eight kids. I homeschool five of them right now. So some of them might have graduated. Great. Thank you for the rec- recommendation. I will check her out and see if I can get her to come on the show. Adil says, to be honest, I would rather study with a teacher because I feel lazy when I start by myself. Yes, but see, this makes you weak because you're, you're expecting the teacher to do it for you, but they can't. They can't. They can't. Uh, you know, a good teacher can guide you and explain some things to you. But um, a lot of the work of, of learning something is doing and experimenting and making mistakes and figuring things out. And you will, it's a much more powerful and effective way to learn something. Like, let's just say, I don't know, I'm trying to pick, I'll pick a skill I'm not good at. <laughs> let's say, uh, you know, re- repairing cars or a car engine. Like, what would be the best way to do that? take a course or to just uh, I, I probably the best way would be to work in a garage with a mechanic and kind of watch the professional and then 
this is kind of, this is what the way it used to be done master and apprentice right and then you know i would be the the apprentice the learner would do like little small jobs to help them the the master mechanic you know for a while maybe for a couple of years and then gradually you do more jobs more jobs learning by watching and helping a little bit more and more and more that's the most effective way to learn something but just having someone to like tell it to you uh, it doesn't work and ideally you can see this with your English because you you're doing all of this right I'm not teaching you English you are an independent English learner I'm giving you content in English uh, even with my lessons I mean you've got to do them right I'm not there with you in the room with you you're listening to them you're repeating them you, know, you read the text you're watching this podcast you're, you're learning independently which is why it's more effective well, that's true for almost every topic any skill or thing you want to learn it's much more effective when you're the boss and you're leading it's fine to have a coach it's fine to have a, a, a master or a role model or someone helping you at times to answer questions of course all that's fine but that's not what schools do right they make you passive and being a passive learner is just not effective I mean I, I don't know like 99% of the stuff I learned in school I, I, it, I just forgot it I probably forgot it after about two weeks <laughs> you know it's a lot of wasted time How much time should I spend listening to English every day? You're getting answers, but two hours a day at a minimum, I would say. Okay. Hussein says, maybe some parents don't have faith in themselves and that's why they send their kids to school. Well, for sure. Maybe they're super busy. They don't have time to take care of their kids. Well, that's just sad. <laughs> but um, uh, the first one is true. But one, that's why this um, this whole lockdown thing has been good because they they've been forced to do it at some level, at least to help out a little bit. And a lot of them are seeing, oh, it's actually not that hard. In fact, it's this a lot of what the school teachers are doing is nothing. So it's just busy work. It's nonsense. So they're kind of, yeah, parents are a bit brainwashed and intimidated, but for no reason. It's not hard. Hadi says the best school for children are parents. And when I say parents, I mean the real parents because some people don't deserve to call father or mother. Yeah, well, right. But it's always parents. Parents, children are parents' responsibility, family. Why, is it, why are they the best teachers? Number one reason, they love their children. The public school teachers do not love your child. They don't love your child. You do. This will automatically make you a better teacher for your children. That love will motivate you and you'll do a much better job. I promise you. I promise you. Okay, let's see. Um, every p concept like Marxist has positive and negative sides. And now Marxism is evil, pure evil. I can't think of anything good about it. Nothing good. 
evil. It's based on evil. It's based on lies. Every concept does not have positive and negative. That's also ridiculous. Um, so does Satanism have the positive and negative also? Does murdering people have positive, you know, killing in cold blood? Uh, that's that's insane. That See, this is where you've been programmed by school to just think, oh, everything has a positive and negative. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Some things are you know, yeah, in, in some things in life, there's gray and it's a mix. And there are some things in life which are just bad and evil and terrible. And Marxism is one of those things. As we have seen in every single Marxist country ever. <laughs> it always comes down. Yeah, ask China. That says Mahdi. Exactly. The only reason, the only, t when, how, when did China start doing better? When they became less Marxist, right? Economically, they've also had help, but yes. Okay, let's see, a couple more. You find pure evil all the time out there in the world, says Juan Alarte. Yeah, exactly. We were just talking about how they want to, you know, molest and rape children and this, this whole agenda of, you know, it's called pedophilia, of sex with kids. That's evil. There's not a good side to that. There's no good to it. None. It's evil. Period. Right? Uh, which is why you're not going to find, which every major religion in the world teaches that. And not just teaches it, but because it's it's obvious unless you are evil that's how evil people talk oh everything has a good side oh yeah you know oh sometimes you have to rape children you know it's okay it has a good side too <laughs> that's what evil people say that's how evil people talk but they're wrong they're lying Vladislav says, I remember uh, one teacher said, a mom said, you don't love my son. And the teacher said, well, do you love my son? And she said, no. Well, why should I love yours? Well, of course. Right. So they don't. They don't love your children. I, I'm not, that doesn't make them evil, but it just it's just an obvious point. You love your kids. Therefore, you will do far more for them. Right. You will sacrifice for them. Somebody else won't. Not at that level. No one else will sacrifice or work as hard or be or care as much as you do about your own children. Nobody. Certainly not a government employee. I mean, that's just obvious, right? So that's why parents are the best teachers. That's why. That's why. They always will be the best teachers in general. Are there some bad parents? Of course. Are there a lot of bad teachers? Definitely. But in general, parents, much, 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 much better teachers. Okay, Oleski says, by the way, I read recently some of Tolstoy's children's stories in Russian. I didn't see the stories from those translations. So, you know, maybe that was fake news. That uh, maybe that was a, a translation that wasn't real. 
so I don't know because I don't read Russian and I don't know about it so it could be I just found it funny but uh, yeah so apologies if uh, if that was fake I don't know Oh, Jamila's giving me uh, movie advices now. Have you seen the the Czech, the famous Czech film Kolya? I have not. Haven't watched many movies lately. It's a top film I recommend. Okay, for movie club. Okay, I'll have to check it out. The only problem is probably won't. If it's not in English, we probably won't do it for movie club. Uh, we still have to finish Jerry Maguire. All right, I think we're about finished. Ah, from the wonderful country of Nepal, Sujan says, I'm 53 years old. I'm from Nepal. Before, I wasn't able to speak English, but now I can speak little by little. What I've learned, I've learned just from downloading your videos on YouTube. See, that's great, first of all. That's fantastic. Congratulations to you. See, this shows the power of that independent learning, right? Uh, just by using the videos this from this podcast. Um, I'm not sure if it's man or woman. Um, so they have, you know, improved their English quite a bit. That's fantastic. Congratulations to you. It's very, very well done. And it's because you're doing it yourself. It's fantastic. Good for you. Oh yeah, Ramadan has, and he says, fasting 30 days, one more day. Good luck. I need to fast. I think I'm going to fast next month. <laughs> I think I'm going to do a more, not exactly the same kind of fast, but something similar. I need to do it. I've been eating terribly lately. Huh, Kashyap says, um, I live in America, Kids, is the schools are closed now. Yay! I have to teach at home. It's hard if you're teaching in different accent. My kids don't understand my accent. They don't understand your accent? You're the, you're the parent and they don't understand your accent? Uh, maybe because you speak your own language at, in home normally. Just teach them in your language don't, instead of English. Just speak English if it's a problem. I mean, speak your own language if it's a problem. They'll, they'll get enough English at school. They're probably, I'm sure they speak like, they sound like Americans. So, um, you know, if you're homeschooling, you can do, uh, just if you feel like you can explain better or you can do things better in your language, just do that. Yeah, Vladislav is 100% right. This first sentence, you should memorize this first sentence. Most of school teachers are not really experts. Yeah, <laughs> that's an understatement we say in English. It's, it's super true. Most teachers are not experts. No, no, they're not experts at what they're teaching. I was good at math. Most, ma most math teachers asked me for help solving math problems, which were just a little harder than standard school problems. Yeah, exactly. You'll find this again and again and again. Yep. 
And here's the thing, though. Kids can figure out things. You know, the school system, the school, the way of teaching in schools is so passive that that it makes them. Um, it kind of trains the kids to be lazy and stupid. Because um, most of them, right, instead of just giving them answers and having them memorize things and take notes, it's far more effective for them to try to figure it out first themselves. And then if they can't figure it out and they try and they try and they try, then maybe a teacher or a parent or someone can give them a hint, can help them out. And, or, you know, show them something, teach them something. And then they go, ah, right, ah. And then they get it and they really remember it, right? Because they've been struggling, they've been trying to do it. And then you give them a the little piece of information or a, a skill or a little bit of help. And then they get it. And then they really learn it then, right? Instead of just talking, you know, blah, 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 giving them pages and pages of things to memorize, which doesn't work very well, right? It's kind of like, um, well, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was learning to kite surf, you know, I would, uh, it was just very frustrating. I would, I was trying to stand up. Right? This is the hard part <laughs> of learning to kite surf. You're in the water. And you have this big kite. It looks like a parachute. And it catches the air and it pulls you up, right? That's the idea. And then you, you're you on a board. And the idea is that this will pull you up. And then you start riding on your board. But for beginners, what happens is it pulls you up. And then you fall right into the water again. And this happened again and again and again and again and again and again. And like for many lessons, I could never get up on the board. Uh, and then finally, one time, uh, this instructor came over and he just he like took me over just on land and he showed me this one little change like okay change your legs like this and I was like ah okay and then I went out and I that one little thing I did it and it worked right but see first I had to struggle and try and try and try for a while so I could get the feeling of it and fail and fail and and you know I could sort of understand how everything was working and then I was when I got that one little advice then I really learned it well if he told me that the first day I probably would not have helped right so it's, it's that kind of thing I think it's more effective it's again it's kind of more of a learning by doing and part of being a good teacher I think is not doing too much for the students not doing everything for them like let uh Letting them figure stuff out and make mistakes. That's an important part of learning in most things. And it's important as if you are on the side of being a teacher or a coach. So just sometimes you just step back and let them play around. Like just the same as a video game, if you think about it, right? Like, uh, you, you know, how do kids learn, become so good at video games? They just play and play and they try and they die. Ugh, their guy, right? They're playing a shooter and they and then they get shot. Ah! And then they go back, they start again, they do it again, they do it again, they do it again, they do it again, little by little. And then maybe at some point, another player, a friend might say, oh, when you get to this room, do this, right? Give them a little tip. But they've already practiced and failed, practiced and failed. Now that little tip is useful for them and they'll learn from it and they get better and better and better. But it's a lot of trying things and you, you get the idea. Okay, uh, just a couple more. What are we at? Yeah, we're about at an hour, so I think it's time to go. COVID vaccinations for children. Hell no. Hell no. Not doing that. I'm not doing it as an adult. My kids will not be taking any of that. Absolutely not. It's, not, it's unnecessary. It's over, guys. It's done. It's all done. Get outside. Live your life. 
Schools, Schaub Marie says, schools kill curiosity. Being an independent learner, they just want you to depend on someone else. This is what schools are teaching, right? To depend on someone else, to look to someone above you and wait for them to tell you what to do. That's the main lesson of school. Uh, wait until they help you. It's never going to happen, right? Shermanel says, what do you think of Alan Dershowitz? If you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to take your doctor's office and plunge a needle in your arm. He's an idiot. That guy is connected to Epstein, the guy with the, the child sex island. That guy's a scumbag. The other thing is that in America, people have guns and uh, they'll use them. So he's wrong. They don't have that right. And uh, no one has the right to put anything into your body and definitely not your children's. And that's a that's a line, you know, a lot of people will uh, use force and weapons to fight against that. It ain't gonna happen, not in America. People will fight that, a lot of people. So Dershowitz is, is, a, is a scumbag. He's dirty, he's connected to all kinds of horrible stuff. He's a scumbag. It's just more propaganda. They're just trying to scare people. They're trying to scare people. That's only true if you believe it. If you just you just say no, you're not doing it. If you try, you're going to be, you know, I will fight you to the death. They're not going to do it. Okay, just uh, we'll do oh, we'll do a couple more and then we're done. <laughs> Ideal says I bought a PlayStation since the quarantine, but uh, I prefer to study English. Yeah, it's not a quarantine, by the way. It's a uh, it's a quarantine is when you take sick people and put them away they're doing this to healthy people this is just uh that's just nonsense it's tyranny elena says there are many foreign families in ireland which don't understand or don't have an understanding with their kids because of english the parents speak their own language kids only in english so they can only speak so they can speak only basic english Oh, the parents only speak basic English? Uh, and the kids, may, I guess the kids don't speak their um, home language so much? So that's the parents. You got to make sure you speak your native language uh, to them from a, you know, from a young age so they really learn it. So and, and, and you could even have a rule in your house, make them speak that language to you. You know, no English in the house. Something like that. Yeah, Jamil, don't worry. It is disgusting, but it's, 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 you know, there's a point where you have to fight sometimes, and that would be the point. But it's not going to happen. They're just trying to use fear. Uh, you know, Trump is already, they're pushing, they're already showing that the vaccine is completely unnecessary. It's going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. Don't fear. It's going to, it's fine. 
All right, guys, that's it. So let's hope death to the schools. I hope so. Or at least I hope they're wounded. <laughs> so I think there's a good chance they'll be weakened at the very least. We will see. Hard to know. But uh, the point is that we all have a choice and uh, just make the best choice for yourself. Make the best choice for your kids. Make the best choice for your family. Get rid of your limiting beliefs. Keep moving forward. And I will see you next time. Lots of love to you and bye for now.